Assalamualaikum, everyone. Mashallah, with the blessing of God, we're here to attend another Quran study. This is absolutely a blessing from God that we're here. There's nothing good in our part, and we need to be thankful to God. It's to pray and to pray that to God that to increase our knowledge. I seek refuge in God from Satan, the rejected, in the name of God, most gracious, most merciful. And inshallah, I'll be reading from verse 53, uh, surah number 40. And the heading says, uh, learn from history. We have given Moses the guidance and made the children of Israel inherit the scripture. Their history, their history is a lesson for the reminder for those who possess intelligence. Therefore, be patient for God's promise is true and ask forgiveness for your sin and glorify and praise your Lord night and day. Surely, those who argue against God's revelation without proof are exposing the arrogance that is hidden inside their chests, and they are not even aware of it. Therefore, seek refuge in God. He is the hearer, the seer. So let me just look at the time, make sure. Uh, so, I mean, the heading is learn from history. So over and over, we, we see that God is repeating history. And this is not a bedtime story. This is not one of those things that, you know, you go to the movie theater and watch a scary movie, get some popcorn and get a comfortable seat. And you know, many times I've done it and then watching a scary, scary movie and thinking, oh, thanks God, it's not real life. You know, when you walk out, it's scared. And, but this is real stuff. This, there's no joke about it. This is absolutely the truth, what happened to the previous generations. And this will exactly happen with us if we don't learn from it. And what is the coming of the day of judgment? What's about to happen? Which is probably just a blink of an eye away. And this is real stuff. And God's giving us example of Moses. And God says that we have given Moses his guidance. You know, the word given, I mean, so I, the things that I highlighted here is these are just my understanding. You know, people have different understanding. You, you may have much, probably have, a different understanding or you know so this whatever things pops up to me and then i just highlighted so this kind of gives me a clue um and then all these writings i mean a lot of time i go back and see a lot of grammatical and spelling mistakes so sorry about that i just type it quickly because sometimes you hit with the idea and then you just you just want to get it done uh guidance only comes from god moses who was so righteous person who was so honest and you know uh, like he was defending one of his person uh, from his community, but guidance. I mean, even talk about the Abraham, who was never an idol worshipper. So we learn completely that guidance comes from God. Nobody else can guide themselves, and the children of Israel. So when he went back to Moses, uh, Pharaoh, and when they left uh, Egypt, and these all these people were were they inherited what? after they left and they moved to another place and when 40 nights and all the stories in the Quran, uh, uh, God giving them the scripture. So inherit, when we see the word inherit, it usually comes, comes to mind is the money, treasure, wealth, business. That's what pretty much comes into mind. What God is telling us, what is true inheritance is the scripture. That is the true treasure that if anybody can inherit, not money, not nothing. Because this scripture teaches you that, on the day of resurrection, earth treasure times two is not even uh, will get you be saved in the hereafter. 
So this scripture teaches you something like, you know, you go to pick up a book, it says become rich overnight. And they tell you steps by step what to do. Uh, stock market, you know, what step become a rich person over a month or this and that. What this scripture teaches you is far beyond anybody can even imagine. That's the power of this scripture. So anybody who inherits this scripture or God's scripture, they are the true wealthy people. And mashallah, we are the wealthy people. Anybody in this earth, anybody, this is like a treasure, the inheritance, like you, no matter how much you take it out, it's, it's never going to be gone. So anybody can access this, this true treasure, anybody. And we are blessed, mashallah, that we have the scripture, the, the final scripture from God that, that God has given us. Remember the, the guy, uh, you know, like the, uh, what's his name, the, from Surah 27, that uh, he, uh, what you call that? He says, blink of an eye and I'll move the palace. And God says, so he has a knowledge from the scripture. And we do have access to a scripture similar to that. And we can learn a lot from it. Uh, moving a palace is one thing, but this scripture really teaches you to be safe in the hereafter. You know, there's a lot of good things it uh, teaches you. One of my takeaways is this book. Let me show you right here. The, this book teaches us how to be loved. You know, this is a very, very powerful uh, verse that thing that teaches you how to be loved by the most gracious right here. This is, the, this is one of the treasure if you can understand, because you know, what is love is like, you know, when, when, when you're a kid and you, you know, you be loved by your parents and, uh, and then the next child is born and the, the tension is gone from you, how the younger, the older kids become jealous. Why? Because we know the value of the being loved by our parents. You know the value of being loved by our spouse we, because we understand that. We can never understand how to be loved by God. You know, but when, when you start to dig into this process, you know, you will come to understand the value of, I mean, you will forget basically about what is love in this world. You will, this is what you will cherish, but I want to be loved. And God teaches us how exactly to achieve that state. And then God says in verse 54, the history has a lesson. For the, for the and reminder for those who possess intelligence. So this lesson is only accessible for those who possess intelligence. So you need to have intelligence in order to access this lesson. And uh, and one, how can how can anyone get uh, access to this? One of the example I can tell you is uh, uh, who possesses intelligence. You know, by obtaining a PhD, person who could become intelligent. Or reading thousand books? No. Uh, one of the examples we get is from Surah 56, and these are one of my favorite mashallah verses. Is the only sincere can understand the Quran. I swear by the position of the stars. This is an oath of only if you only knew. That is awesome. This is an honorable Quran in a protected book. None can grasp it except the sincere. So this is your first step to be sincere. Are you sincere with God or not? If you're not, then there is really no hope. If you're sincere with somebody else, is this is this is gonna block you from, and this is this is our inheritance. This word right here, this is an honorable Quran. You know, this is this. God blessed uh, children of Israel inherit the scripture. God inherit us. If there was any future book suppose coming, God will. We could be mentioned in that the same way. We give the people of you know this community inherit the Quran. Mashallah. Uh, so this is a history. And we need to learn from it. It's not something you just read it and put it away. Therefore, God says to be patient. God's promise is the truth. Ask forgiveness for your sin and glorify. 
this is sort of like an admission test. You know, you don't go through all this crazy stuff all your life. These people, when they were hit, they, they, they gone through their test. So God is telling them to be patient. Blessing is coming when they're traveling all the way to, to the gates of, I think, Jerusalem or something, that they had for their, for their life would about to change. So there's a process of test, and everybody goes through that, that test. So when you are like sincere and you coming to submission or something that, you know, God says, be patient. You have to have trust in God because you cannot just be blessed with uh, everything. So there's a process and God is telling you, trust in God because God's promise is the truth. You have to remember this verse. This is the truth. So you will be tested with money and wealth and other things, but you need to stay fast and ask forgiveness for your sins. Because if, suppose if you if you live your life doing whatever you want, there's a lot of baggage of sins you have, you know. And on the continuous basis, we make we commit sins we don't even know. So we always need to ask for forgiveness and glorify and praise your Lord day and night. So this is the whole process. You have to stay fast. You cannot just come to submission and then something tragic happens, like you lose some money or something happened, and you say, "Oh, forget it," you know. I don't believe in this, you know, as soon as I came into this, uh, this uh, believing, worshiping God alone and look back, things start happening. This is God's telling you in verse 55. And then God says, who argue against God's revelation without proof are exposing their against the hidden inside. First of all, God says without proof. Absolutely. There is no proof. You know, nobody can, if anybody argues, uh, there is basically no proof in the world that you can argue against God's revelation. God's revelations are the truth. You know, when you fight something, you have to bring proofs. But there is no proof. God says they are fighting uh, who's, uh, who argues against God without revelation. First of all, they are not even having proof and they're fighting against, and they can never bring any proof. God says that. I mean, this is, this is what our understanding is. And who argues and what happens? They're exposing their arrogance that is hidden inside their chest. So one person, you can see a lot of religious people and they're very nice and very friendly, but there's arrogance hidden in their, in their chest, you know, and God brings it out. How amazingly, you know, there's a lot of them you can watch movies and stuff like that where you see this person is acting so nice, but inside it's a mean person. It's, and, and so what happens is a lot of them, they, they'll, the people will plot a scheme against this person to expose that, tell everybody, look, he's being nice, but he's not nice inside. So God is exposing it. When people argue against God's revelation without proof, God will expose their arrogance inside their chest. They'll come out. They cannot, they cannot hold it anymore. They'll just come out and they'll be exposed. And we see that all the time. I mean, the messenger of covenant came and we can see very clearly people arrogance and showing up right and left. There's, there, you know, proofs are right in front of us. Quran is speaking. God is God's word clearly, and if you are, if you can't see it, the verses are coming that will tell you why you cannot see it, and they even aware, and they're not even aware of it. That's the worst part. You you're doing something, you're fighting, and there's arrogance, and you're not even aware of that. And God is telling you, or you know, where is the seek refuge in God? He's the hear the seer. So. And we also going to read verses that going to follow up these, this, therefore seek refuge in God. He's a seer and a hearer. So like, for example, if you are in a situation where you are, um, you're in a problem or something, you call 911 or you're, you're in trouble anytime, you know, maybe the one you're asking for help, maybe they can hear, maybe they cannot hear. Maybe they can see, most, most likely they cannot see. 
But who who is the one always watching you? Who's the one always hearing you? The God Almighty. So God says, seek refuge. Twenty three ninety seven and twenty three ninety eight. The best one of the best verses that you can seek refuge in God whenever you're in trouble. And then we will we will read more about that. God is telling us how that happens. Um, and uh, I guess let me see if there's anything. Okay. And then we go to the verse number fifty-seven. Awesome construction of the universe. Verse fifty-seven: the creation of the heavens and the earth is even more awesome than the creation of human being. But most people do not know. Not equal are the blind and the seer, nor are those who believe and work righteousness. Nor are those who believe and work righteousness equal to the sinners. Rarely do you take heed. Most certainly the hour of the day of judgment is coming, no doubt about it. But most people do not believe. Here's God is giving us a comparison. I mean, we live in an age we can, we can see much more uh, in the depth of the universe. I mean, before we can, people can probably see just moon and sun and some stars, but now we are going out of our galaxy and and we'll be able to witness other galaxies. No, we can never reach there. There's no way. We can only even uh, explore our own universe, I mean, our galaxy, but we are learning that this universe is very, very awesome. God gives us a yardstick. Like the creation of the heavens and earth um, uh, is like, the earth, only the, the stuff that God created in the earth, all the system that running in this world to sustain our life is Twice as, it took twice as much time than creating of the universe. Though God says on the day of resurrection, just a nudge will bring all the humans being back. Uh, so in, 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 in comparison, God is giving us like a yardstick. It takes like twice as much time to create all the earth systems and everything to be balanced out. And God says it's more awesome than the creation of the human being. What is a human being? It's just not a body The walking body. I mean, there, there is much more in there. Even just you, you think about the human body. There are, there's so many things that's going on at every second. Trillions, if not billions of decisions are being made in our body every second, like back and forth through your brain and your body. Um, there's a like positive feed, negative feedback system. There's so much more that we can, we don't even understand how brain works. And God is telling us that the, the creation of heaven is even more awesome. So you want to imagine something in heaven and think about your own body. And the body part is just, just one of the things. The human mind. And we can never understand how created each human mind. This is a very deep subject if you can give, go and study that. Each, like probably 100 billion people would be like, that's we we learn from the mission of the common the hundred billion people, uh, souls may be created to come to this earth, and each human being is individual uh, person to create each human mind. It's it's phenomenal. Who thinks for itself? Who has a mind? Who thinks? Who enjoy the blessings and self pleasure and all those things in human mind? That is the more complex thing that you can imagine. The soul part. You know, what is the soul part and this, what is attached to that? So there's very detailed subject of a human being and we can never even understand. And God says that, uh, you know, the, how much uh, the heavens and earth are even far more awesome. We can learn on, on earth that there's so many systems running 
parallel with each other and such a small window of, uh, for each system that I mean, they deviate from one to other that can change everything. Like if temperature rises at a certain degree, we may, we, may, we may not exist or oxygen level. And there's so much more things that they're running in the precise calculation. And there's a positive and negative feedback system to keep that thing in the narrow window. Otherwise, if it, it can get out of control. Um, and we all these things for us to appreciate God and his greatness uh, you know, all these things makes you more humble and reverence to God. Uh, these are our fuel to continue going. Uh, God says, not equal as a blind and seer. Have you ever met a blind person? You know, I mean, it's just shocking uh, you know, how they carry a stick with them. You know, it's, 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 you know, you used to play as a kid, gave me blindfold, and we just kind of walk around and you have to tag another person and they're running around, but you can see it, still hear where they're running around and you can coordinate yourself. But Blinded to this God's revelation, Scripture is a blinded person that cannot even hear anything. So in this real world, we can clearly see what a blind person can do and what a person can see. You can even drive. Just imagine the, the you how much grateful we have to be to God. Some people cannot even see the colors; they see black and white, uh, and we can distinguish all these beautiful colors, high definition televisions, and everything that we see. Do we we stop and? Praise God for giving us, you know, first of all, that's the, such an important blessing that God has given us. And, and we can clearly examine that blind and what person who does not see and what person who can see, what a great difference between those two people are. And so this is the comparison to this part of the verse that the believer and work righteousness and the sinner. This is a similar difference between this person and this person uh, compared to this person and this person. A person who's a sinner uh, that we learn in, in the surah number two, God is telling us disobeying God. This surah uh, two, verse one seventy one. The example of such disbeliever is that of a parrot who repeat what they hear of sounds and calls without understanding. Deaf, dumb, and blind, they cannot understand. I mean, this. If you really go and look at the people, they just follow whatever they hear in. That's what it becomes. They don't understand, but they repeat what they hear. God, how beautiful God tells us exactly. Look what right here, two one seventy one. I mean, it's examples that, and what God says really do you take heed. And God is explaining you something very clearly with examples and everything. And then God says, "What's wrong with you guys? What's wrong? With you? Really, you take heed. Most certainly, the hour of day of judgment is coming. This." No doubt about it, most people. So this word, no doubt about it, it really connects both part of the verse, this part and this part. There is no doubt in this one and this one. Why? We'll talk about it. And most certainly, you know, God is telling us, if you tell somebody, hey, hey, there's a storm coming, you got to get out of here. You know. But how do you make your statement stronger? By tone of your voice, by speaking loud and adding words like, it is coming for sure, I swear, certainly, most, I mean, these are the words you will use to strengthen your statement so people can run away. Here, God is using these words. God does not have to use these words. God can just say, the hour of their judgment coming, and you will not take it, end of it, and that's done. But God is, God cares for you. God is using these words. Come on. Most certainly the hour is coming. The day of judgment is coming. And there's no doubt about it. For this part, no doubt about it. At this part, connects to that. Most certainly is coming. And there's also no doubt about it. We can we can connect to this, but most people do not believe. And we know that. 
and again and again people we, we learn uh, that you know this this is what it is and then you know you know how the thermostat works you know if you want to ever think about human body you know the thermostat what is this does it has a narrow window the temperature swings either way it will turn, turn off and off on the ac or heater you know your body has so many different functions going on at the same time like you have all the elements potassium sodium and many many other hormones they all run in a very narrow window just imagine god has created that narrow window in your body and these hormones and elements and uh, other stuff has to run in the very narrow window and there's a system place to which regulates that with all which fall which sees that which way you are shifting and then there's systems place in your body that keeps it in the window there are so many thermostats in your body like some, for example, sodium has to be in a very narrow window. When you go to the doctor, they run your lap. They, they give you all these lists of things and they give you the normal range. So your body is consistently running to keep you in that middle range. And there are systems placed for it to control it and provide you positive and negative feedback. And they also observe it. There's a, there are sensors they're observing all the time. If there were no sensors, your body will not be able to see what is <clears throat> what the sodium. So your body knows what is your sodium level at any point. And it regulates it. You eat too much sodium, it will try to excrete through your body. It will not sustain your body. So, so be, God be glorified. Uh, and we are walking, talking body and doing everything every day. And uh, God is regulating. You're jumping, you're skydiving, you know, swimming. These functions, they don't stop. Even you're sleeping, they, these systems never stop. They continue sleep working in your body. Let's see what's that. So the next verse, verse 60, and the heading says, supplication, a form of worship. Your Lord says, implore me, and I will respond to you. Surely those who are too arrogant to worship me will never enter Jahannam. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, who are too arrogant to worship me will enter Jahannam forcibly. And the footnote says, a supplication, imploring God for anything, even material luxuries, is a form of worship. Hence, the commandment to implore God Whenever we have any need, an atheist will never implore God for anything. God is the one who designed the night so you can rest in it. And the daylight, God bestows many blessings upon the people. But most people are not thankful. Such is God, your Lord, the creator of all things. There is no God except he. How could you deviate? Deviating are those who disregard God's revelations. So, you know, all these blue ones, implore me, worship me, thankful, and deviate. These are actually act of basically worship. Like when you implore God, you are worshiping God. You know, this is from worship. As we ex explain here, whenever you implore God, you're actually worshiping God. You're being thankful. That's act of worship. You're appreciating God. You're, that's act of worship. Deviating in a sense of, because in this, there are two negatives in this word. There's no God. Um, uh, sorry, deviating are those who disregard. So there are similar, two negatives, make it positive. So the opposite will be uh, obeying are those who regard God's revelation. So regarding God's revelation becomes an act of worship. So we have people like people uh, say that, you know, five times contact prayer. Uh, is that it? Can you do more contact prayer? Well, if you want to, worship more there is so many things you can do you know god gives you opportunities right and left to worship god 
You, know, you can be, you can implore God. That's act of worship. You can thank God. That's act of worship. You can praise God. You can remember God. All these things are uh, worshiping God. You know, so God is trying to implore, and I'll respond to you. And we need to implore God for anything happens. This is when you say you, your Lord says when God says something that becomes a uh, like a commandment for us. So we need to implore God. You know, uh, you get sick, or you you get anything that you need. You implore God and God respond to you. And God says, those who are arrogant to worship me will enter Jannah. So if you don't implore God, uh, that becomes, you know, or anything that, you know, become arrogant. Or why would I ask God or something like that? You know, this and that. Uh, then their destiny is Jannah. So if somebody imploring for money, you know, you know, yeah, that's worship. But money we can also see as is a test for us. So you can implore money, but, but at the same time, there's a consequence. You know, your test can be harder. That's something to think about. Uh, the the test harder, but the reward will be even harder, much more, more too, because rich can do a lot more. So if you're imploring God for money, for just to enjoy and just, then that is wrong. If you're imploring God for money, then you have responsibility to use the money to, to work in God's uh, pathway. If God has given you uh, knowledge, that's that's the treasure. So, so use it uh, to you know spread the message. And all, all these kind of things, you can do anything can be treasure. You're imploring God for anything. Um, another quick touch I want to see is that imploring God for, for example, good grades, you know. Yes, we should implore. If you're a student, you're imploring God for good grace. But at the same time, it's my understanding, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you need to do your part. If you don't even study and you say, I implore God like 100 times and I still fail, but you didn't study. You have to do your part. And that can apply to religion and many other things. People don't do their part and then they say, well, well, God will guide me. I'll be guided. So you need to do your part. So if you want promotion at your work, and you're a miserable worker, you don't come to work late and all that, but you implore God, God, please give me promotion. You know, it doesn't work that way. You have to implore for what you deserve. You cannot implore for something that, like somebody else, your coworker is working so hard and always on time, employee of the month. How could God will not do justice here? I mean, God will not, God is the most just. He, so things, we have to be watchful. And some. And another thing too important is that when you implore for something and you don't get, don't lose trust in God because we don't understand. God knows that this may be not good for us, so God will hold it. And this is actually mercy from God. So implore all the time, whatever you need. But if something comes and something doesn't come, just think that this is good for me. If your kid is asking you for a knife, you're not going to give them, grant them, because, you know, they can get hurt. Similarly, God, something that we don't know, God is not going to give us. And then uh, God says that, so if you, if you, you know, if you're too arrogant to worship God, then that's your destination. God is the one who designed the night and day. So night, we can clearly see in nighttime, everything is quiet. Not only there's no light, the, everything is calmer and then there's no traffic pollution, the sound pollution, all these things are not in nighttime. It's really quiet. So you can get good rest. This is a sign from, this is a blessing from God. You know, when you're in the nighttime, you look in the sky, it's dark, but it's not dark outside. The sun is still shining. The light is going, like see your earth is right here and the sun is still shining. The light is going on the side of the earth. But you cannot see it. This is the design of God that only when he strikes the moon, then you can see a reflection. Otherwise, you see there is light, but you cannot see it. This is the beautiful design of God. So you can rest completely. Those who work night, like, you know, we know that then we can, when we have to sleep in the daytime, how we have to cover all the windows to make sure 
and the light in the daytime, everything is bright. So you can, these are blessings. So we can understand and be thankful, right? To the word. So when you, uh, God blesses you many blessings. So then you become thankful. This is, this is an opportunity to worship God alone, God more and more. I mean, you know, some people like uh, they do 50 records in the daytime and they like make fun of you only have 17 records. No, we don't have 17 records. We have far more than that. God is commanding us to be thankful. God is commanding us to implore. God is commanding us many, many other things. These are all act of worship. It does not stop there. Even uh, we were fasting in a month and people are still fasting after a month. I've met some people, they're still fasting. So why are you fasting? Oh, you know, because we heard this and that, you know, we have to fast. Uh, and you're not fasting? Oh, well, too bad for you. You know, here's too bad, too good for us. Uh, you know, you can worship God as much as you want. You know, such is God, your creator, all things. He's the one who created everything. There's no God except he. So God is telling us he's the one who created. There's nothing was in existence. Not a single human being, not a single cell or atom or any angels or anything was in creation. God is the one who brought this to in existence. There is no other God except He. As Satan tried to be God and God, this is one of the reasons God created this earth to show everybody only God can run this world. And then God put a question mark here. How could you deviate? And the simple fact that God is the one running everything. He's the one created. There is no other God. Then how? Why would you deviate? Common, simple sense. Ask yourself this question. How could you deviate? And then God tells the answer in verse 16. These are the one who would deviate, who would disregard our revelations. And you know what disregard means? <sighs> disregard revelations. Many people you will ask, they'll say, no, we don't disregard God's revelation. We, we believe in Quran. We believe it in the scriptures. But just think about it. I mean, if you, if I tell you, if you, if you get a message from your boss or something to do something and you just put it away, you say, yeah, I accept it, but you don't do anything. That's disregarding anyway. I mean, God tell you, God sends you a scripture. God sends you a message. I think we lost him. Yeah, I can't hear him. He dropped out. Nobody laughs at that joke anymore. Man, he doesn't realize also he's disconnected because he keep going on YouTube. He keep talking. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should text him, Salman. Yeah, I just text him. I'm gonna try to connect with him.
Sorry, guys, I think I got disconnected. Uh, I'll read from these verses again, inshallah. Uh, 64. God is the one who rendered the earth habitable for you and the sky a formidable structure. And he designed you and designed you well. He's the one who provides you with good provisions, such as God, your Lord, most exalted is Lord, the uni Lord of the universe. And you can read this footnotes, uh, 1520, 2054, 2052, and 35.12. He's the living. There's no God except he. You shall worship him alone, devoting your religion absolutely to him alone. Praise be to God, the Lord of the universe. So these footnotes, okay, so God is giving us more and more uh, uh, to wonder about that, how God has made this earth habitable for us. It's it's it was twice as long that we learned to compare it to the heavens and the seven skies, because there's a lot of micro calculation has to be done precisely to run everything. Everything has to be precise. Do you think it's just a coincidence that the leaves uh, they they do the reverse what we do, like clean the oxygen? You know, is this coincidence? At the same time, they produce food. You know, we, we take energy and good things and we turn convert into bad, and, but they do completely the opposite. So it was a coincidence that happened. It was a coincidence that the, yeah, the formidable structure, the sky, God has created. It was just coincidence that we, we, as we learn now, that there are the, the ozone layer and the north and south pole, the magnetic field that protects you from the radiation from the sun. All these are coincidence to protect. I mean, these are, all these things are, precisely calculated. If I pick up a glass of water and I tell you that this is, it came to existence by itself, you will call me crazy, right? So all these things for people to wonder about that these are not just coincidence. It's precisely calculated. And God says he designed you and designed you well. So here, God, again, the verse we read before, verse number 57, it's, it's kind of, you know, resembled with this one that God's talking about the heavens and earth and he designed you and designed you well. So we can now, now we have the technology and things to look at our inside our body and see all the microorganisms and look at the universe. And we have more things to understand and appreciate God. No, no wonder we see these in this final scripture that God is telling because God knew that the time is coming when, when human being will be at that age, then they can, they can examine all this and read the scripture and maybe take heed. And God said, he's the one who provides you with good provisions, all these good things that are coming to us all the fruits and vegetables and meat and good stuff, the pure milk and everything, who's providing us? We need to be ponder upon these things in the great God and appreciate God for his blessings. And, his such is, and God tells us, such is God, the Lord most exalted, Lord of the universe. And this is in the words, the footnotes, the, the 1520 and 2054 is destroyed here. We made it habitable for you and for creatures you do not provide for, eat and raise your livestock, there's sufficient proof for those who possess intelligence. See, again, the word intelligence comes here. So, so intelligence basically comes from God. You know, you need to be sincere to God and all the doors starts opening. You have to sit down and, and ask yourself these questions. Who, what am I really here for? What am I doing on this earth? How came I came into an existence? All these basic questions, what should I be doing? So when you answer your own questions and become sincere to God, then the door of uh, opportunities start opening for you. So mashallah. 
and he God is telling me he's the living there's no god except god except he, he sh- you shall worship him alone devoting your religion absolutely to him alone so he's the only living there's no uh, concept of anything if he's not there's there's nothing i mean he's the one who created everything so he's the, he gets all the credit we you know and there's no god except he and we when you implore when the previous verses we read you need to implore god you know one can say okay what if what if i need to request for promotion for my work am i imploring my god you know you can send a you know like you request for something you know you do things in the word but my understanding is you write your boss you know i'm requesting for this but in your conscious you know that god is running everything he's the one controlling this person he's the controlling the plants the leaves and oh, he's going to control me so i'm just requesting but uh, my god is the god he's the one going to provide me i'm just basically sending a message that i need that and but god is the one providing me this is the one of understanding but if you ever think that the promotion or whatever you get is caused by this person or that person then you are setting up another person beside god who provides you know you for example for example if somebody borrow your car and they bring you back and they send saying thanks to the car and you be like why are you saying thanks to the car i'm the one give you the car so the person is giving you is, is run by god god is the one controlling that person so in in a courtesy you say thanks but you know that this person is property of god so you have to be genuinely be thankful to god for everything because god is the one he's the lord of the universe mashallah um verse 66 before god's blessing upon him muhammad used to be worship uh, used to worship idols say i have been enjoined from worshiping the idols you worship beside god when the clear revelations came to me from my lord i was commanded to submit to the lord of the universe and the footnote says the arabic word naha used to used in this verse indicates the stopping of something that was going on see the example the same word in verse 4171 and see also 937 he is the one who re- who created you from dust and subsequently from a tiny drop then from a hanging embryo then he brings you out as a child then he lets you reach maturity then you become old some of you die early earlier you attain a pre you attain a predetermined age that you may understand he is the only one who controls life and death to have anything done he simply says to it be and it is so here's we learned example you know one thing we learned is abraham was never an idol worshiper but other prophets they had to go through like prophet muhammad i think was age of 40 and he was uh, blessed i think my understanding he became a prophet uh when he had the first revelation uh, so which is composed of miracle of 19 in so many different ways so god is telling you know that here we learn i have been enjoined from worshiping the idols so that's mean the enjoined word is like the the word naha it's like stopping something that was going on so before the scripture came to prophet muhammad he was doing something that everybody was probably doing so like there's a students class and only one person you know is not making noise so you i mean he's not even doing so you're not going to tell him that stop doing stop making sound because he's not making any sound so the only reason you would tell somebody is if they are doing something wrong then you tell them stop doing it so he says i have been enjoined from worshiping the idols you worship beside god and this is very hard to digest for a lot of people 
because you know there's so many ways they they defend that no he was never you know things like that you know we, we learn from many other prophets too when before the scripture before the they got the scripture or guidance from god they were not on the right path and it says when the clear revelation came to me from my lord i was commanded to be submit uh, to the lord of the universe so basically that's what we mashallah we learn from here and you can read these verses and that will explain you more you know and, and uh, verse 67 is that God is giving us our, you know, a physio physiological uh, understanding of what we are. In the first place, God created us from dust, the, the you know, aged clay that we understand, uh, and subsequently from a tiny. So that was the first stage of our in ex initial existence from a clay. Then we come to this world and we start from a tiny drop, which can't even see, cannot be seen by earth, by Naked eye is so small, you need a microscope to see the first cell that is developed in, in our mother's womb. That's the first cell. And that's not kind of you've seen that it divides into two and four. And God giving us the, the, the you know, physio, upper physiology and uh, right here. And how would you, you know, want somebody to ponder that we developed microscope in very recent years, maybe 100 years? or something, and how could they know that it was like that, and how could we know that it was a hanging embryo, and we know very well it's like that. And, you, and there's much more embryology we can read. In other words, how, how good somebody who's living in a desert would know that's somebody to ponder upon um, being you as a child. And you know, you're, you're learning, and, you, and as you reach maturity and become old, this is the process. We, we see that all around us ourselves. This is this is what you know. This life is is just that's what it is. You become a child. You grow older. You know, is that what you're born for? Just to go to school and go to job, work, come home, watch TV, go to sleep, get up, eat breakfast, go to work, and do the cycle. The kids grow up, they get married, we go to the retirement home, and then we die. Is that what we're here for? One someone someone to ponder upon? Uh, no, those who disregard God, they have the scripture. And that's one of the lost, some, you know, you, get, you inherit the scripture and you disregard it. You put it up in the top shelf. That's disregarding God's revelations, which where God is teaching such a valuable information, but you don't even read it. That's the great loss. That's probably one of the things, uh, my understanding on the day of judgment, people will be thinking, oh my God, I had the treasure and I didn't even use it. I had the message, but I put it away. I didn't have time for it because I was so busy in, uh, in this worldly life, making money and doing all those things. That's what I was doing. So God gives you a maturity, and then you become old. So you know, at least now you think about. I mean, you see a lot of uh, like some of the news and other stuff. The old people are like, you know, it was one title I was seeing. How old people spend their time, you know? And there were like many things were in that video clip. It was like playing with, talking with other older people, and uh, playing games and card games, and just to kill times. Have you heard the words uh, "kill time"? You know, you have three hours, I, I kill my time by just playing on the on the computer and phone and this and that. I mean, this is such a horrible loss. You know, this this time is so valuable to us, so treasured that we don't see it right now. But on the day of resurrection, we look back and see how valuable the time was that we, we you know, imagine your boss tell you, okay, this month I will pay everybody, uh, not time and a half, not double time. I'll pay you 100 times for every hour you work. You just imagine that. And would you waste that time sleeping at home? watching movie you'll be working 
the max amount, you will just go home and sleep for maybe five hours or four hours and get up and drink a lot of coffee and you will use any every second of it that to because I'm getting if I was making ten dollar an hour, I'm making times at hundred, that mean I am making thousand dollar an hour. I mean, I can just retire in this one month. And that retirement one month, God is telling you right now that anything you do in this world is multiplied by so many times and you're gonna waste that time where this is so valuable, every second counts in this world, you know. God has blessed the night of destiny, which is in itself a, a lifetime living. I mean, we have to be thankful to so many things to God. It, he's the only one who controls life and death. You don't control, we don't control. You know, nobody can say that I can, can kill you or this and that because God is, everything is already written. If somebody threatens you, you need to trust in God that everything is controlled by God. You know, of course, we, we get scared and think, but at the same time, you know, you seek refuge in God and, you know, you, 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 know, you try your best. You need to have them because for God, it's B and it is. It's like a software for God. You know how those software developers, they just click and they can create, you know, something in, in the game uh, and, and, and all that stuff, you know, mashallah. So, so and that's, you know, we learned from Evangelism. So <clears throat> let's go to the next verse. Inshallah, this will be the end of this. Have you noted those who argued against God's proof, proofs and how they have deviated? They are the ones who have disbelieved in the scripture and in the message we have sent with our messengers. Therefore, they will surely find out. And I, this in the red color, the shackles will be around their necks and the, and the chains will be used to drag them in the inferno. Then in the fire, they will burn. Those who did not prepare themselves will suffer tremendously in the presence of God. And that's the footnote. On the day of judgment, they cannot stand the closeness to God due to lack of sufficient growth and development of their souls. I am using inferno to describe this particular situation. Preparing of the soul is accomplished by the rites decreed by God, such as the contact prayer. They will be asked, where are the idols you used to worship? So inshallah, we'll uh, see the last verse, but let's inshallah talk about the, uh, God says, who argue against God's proof? You know, have you noted, you know, and we definitely note a lot of people, you know, who argue against God. You tell them something, you know, look, God is telling you right here very clearly. Maybe they may not argue. They may change. They beat on the bush. They'll ignore you. You keep repeating the same verse. Come on, can we please talk about this verse? They will find to go to other place. So, if you're not arguing, if you're walking away and you're beating around the bush, basically, you know, it's one form of argument. Like you don't talk about it. And, and But there are clearly people who completely, like God says that my book is fully, that's the, one of the biggest one. I mean, fully detailed, explained, and many places got texted. This my book is, God is saying that. And they argue, where's the contact word? I mean, you saying God is lying? I mean, this is, if that's not an argument, I don't know what it is. Let's see how they define, defend themselves on the day of resurrection. That no God, your book was not complete. Where is the contact prayer in it? You know, are you telling that God you're a liar? I mean, these are the serious consequences can could be affect us. And we need to take heed and understand uh, and not break out these arguments. They're the one who disbelieve the scripture. They are the one. God said, how do could they deviate? They are the one who disbelieve. Because then when you say something like that, you disbelieve. And in the, the message we have sent with our messengers and the message, you know, right here, 
the scripture and is con- combined with and. So we have a messenger of the covenant. God sent us. And if you believe he's a messenger, then you're bounded. You're, you're, you're in that agreement, what he's teaching you. You have to accept that. Otherwise, you don't believe in him. I mean, if, if you say the messenger saying something and you say, no, no, that's his understanding. So you're putting your opinion above his and th- you're getting into the red flag. And again, I would use a simple, uh, you know, so a simple, uh, what do you call that? Think that maybe it is or maybe it's not. The life is too short of a blink of an eye. Would you want to risk yourself? So we need to understand, you know, learn from the scripture and the, the, like we read the footnotes that, that that's his explanation. And they very well explain the, uh, the verse that we are reading. And, and God said, you will surely find out. And this is the red, I mean, this is really could be allegorical, which we, we can, because we understand shackle. We don't even know what a shackle is in the hereafter would be uh, you know, in their necks. Imagine just, you can just imagine physically uh, somebody has a shackle in their necks and chains to drag them. Just, it's just very graphic and infernal because if, you, if your soul is, body is not uh, developed, uh, can you even look at the sun without any filters? You cannot. And sun is the smallest, one of the smallest star in the in our, in our galaxy, and there are giant stars that we can't even imagine. Giant, giant stars, maybe hundred thousand million times bigger than our sun in our galaxy, and we can't even look at the sun. And just imagine when God comes, the Creator of the heavens and earth. So if you, if you, you can only look at the sun or clo- go close to the sun if you're in a very uh, protective uh, space, uh, you know ship or something then maybe you can go because our body can't even so when god comes in if you have don't have the, your soul around yourself that is developed you will be toast i mean this is what the inferno is when you like boiling around and then the fire so that's probably the from this footnotes we understand that's the first part on the day of resurrection because they will be in inferno because they cannot face god and looking letting alone they cannot even see god well, those who are righteous will be able to see god's in maybe, I don't know which way we can explain. These are just all allegorical. Uh, the fire will burn them. And then they, they will be asked, where are the idols? You know, they, they will have this question, where are those people? Now ask them, why are you imploring God now? Why don't you implore them? You know, they will, uh, okay, so that's where, inshallah, we'll end here. And, uh, mashallah, and then we'll ask a, a comment. And these are my understanding. If you have any, you know, may God forgive me. And comment and question. Thank you. Mashallah, Dami, you did a great job. Mashallah. Thank you, Mashallah. Praise God. Praise God. Thanks, Adam. Mashallah. Mashallah. Praise God. I hope I didn't miss much. I got disconnected. I mean, was anyone looking at the phone? No, actually, it wasn't too much because we saw you on YouTube, but so it wasn't too much. Yeah, I have a comment. Uh, on verse 60, inshallah. Supplication in form of worship. Your Lord says, implore me, and I will respond to you. 
Surely those who are too arrogant to worship me will enter Jehanna forcibly. Um, Adam, I think your mic is still on. Thank you. So, in, the footnote says here, supplication, imploring God for anything, even material luxuries, is a form of worship. Hence the commandment to implore God whenever we have any need. Um, an atheist will never implore God for anything. So imploring God is a proof, right, that... Um, we, you alone we worship, you alone we ask for help. Like in Surah 1, the key, Al-Fatiha, it reaffirms our faith that he's the only one we ask for help or anything. If we get sick, we ask for healing. Uh, if we are in need or any affliction. So implore God for anything and everything. Because he's the only one who's running everything. He's the only one in full control of all aspects of universes. And so that is another uh, reaffirmation of our faith. That he's the only one who we trust and ask for help or, you know, whatever we need. Even things we need, you know, uh, for our um, necessities, you know, worldly things. Of course, he's the only one who provides us all the provisions. So uh, we should never shy away contacting God or imploring God uh, for our uh, our needs. He already know our needs. All we have to do is say it. You know, um, that's a form. Supplication is a form of worship. That. Um, uh, we 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 know that God is the only provider, so we ask Him for help. That's about it, Mashallah. Mashallah, Sister Najat. Actually, you know, it's like in life, you know, we go about life and we don't think too much about it that God knows what we want, but I guess we take it for granted. But um, it. We take it for granted that God knows what we want, so we never ask. And I see recently in our life that we were put in a situation whereby things can be a lot easier, but because we didn't do the right thing in the first place, which is like, you know, ask God, you know, God make it easy or things like that. It's like God, you're put in a difficult path and you're like, oh, what did I do wrong? And then you're like, well, I did not implore God. I did not ask God. I did not beg God before I make all, you know, the daily decisions, right? So I think it's something, as human, we forget to do. Mashallah, good, good point, good reminder, praise God. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah, I, I, I used to do that um, in the beginning of, um, you know, being a submitter. But that, okay, God already, know, already knows, you know, what if I... You know, I just submit. But, you know, this verse is subhanAllah. Um, as, even in, in the Quran, we see a lot of imploring by Zachariah, uh, by many uh, messengers, prophets. They implored God, you know, uh, out loud. So, um, 
that actually is so powerful in its own way that um, you know that we are calling upon him for any kind of help we need subhanallah yeah i think one thing is too um, is um we we we're too in a way we're too dependent on ourselves i'm talking about us me and so we're like i'll do this I'll do this. And then, you know, sometimes you remember, you remember to say God willing, but yeah, I'll do this. But I think as we're going along in life recently, we're thinking, well, we're thinking we'll do this. We'll do that. We'll do that. But we did not take a second to consult God. Is this the right thing to do? And, you know, we go through life and we live and learn. Yeah. Mashallah. Can the imploring be like in your mind, you don't like not saying out loud or like in your mind, you're imploring God. Could that be also acceptable? Of course, that's the only way generally speaking. We, well, I, for us, for me, that would be the generally the way I would implore, like not aloud, but, you know, within nobody hears. But that, that would be how I would implore. I implore in all, every way. <laughs> in in my thoughts and out loud you know i i i say i i i think i'm turning i'm becoming an older woman and i people if they see me they will think i'm talking to myself <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah i i i say in both ways and you know night time when you meditate you know, we of course we implore for guidance a lot and praise God. But mashallah. Why not with words? Why not with words as well? I am part of a group and recently I saw a posting and it says this guy said, and it makes sense to me. He says, you know, um you see me talking and people think, you know, I'm not that um, up there but he says I'm talking to God but he said these people go home and they talk to their dogs and they talk to their cat and they talk to their plants nobody thinks anything's wrong with that but he says I talk to God and people think something's wrong with that Mashallah. and by the way you know there are things like um, when we submit to God like something there are matters, obviously, out of control. Every matter, God is controlling everything. Um, but, for example, you know, a um, couple of years ago, my daughter decided to move to a different country. She got a job offer. And uh, my only grandson, uh, you know, at, at that age was uh, like maybe five months or something. And my heart, like, you know, broke. I was uh, literally in tears when they were leaving. You know, your only grandchild, and now they're going to be so far away. I'll be missing so many milestones. How much can I visit, you know? You can only visit once a year. And I just became very quiet and, uh, you know, le left it to God. Right away, I said, God is running everything. Uh, but, you know, what happened was that suddenly... Um, about a few months ago, they decided to move to Canada. Not only they moved to Canada, 
it happened that my you know the uh, where i live the upstairs was available suddenly they moved right to to the upper story of my own house and then this pandemic ha- happened and we're not going anywhere but i have not one but my two grandchildren right in front of my eyes god brought them so close to my heart and i never even i never even said anything to god but god listened saw my tears or something or my me missing them it's just unbelievable like how god is is closest to your jugular vein and he knows your innermost innermost thought is is just you know i i thank him every day i thank him every day like how else like either they were like ocean away or now they are like we have just one house unbelievable subhanallah all praise be to god alone yeah alhamdulillah for that alhamdulillah Uh, I just wanted to point out that um in regards to uh verse 64 I seek refuge in God from Satan the rejected um it says God is the one who rendered the earth habitable for you and the sky for middle structure and he designed you and designed you well uh I think when people read that I'm not sure how they don't see that you know our bodies are not supposed to be um you know parts taken out in any way he's the one who provides you with good provision such as god your lord more most of the world is god the lord of the universe there's so much verses in the quran that you know it's um it totally it totally overrides the you know the whole point of circumcision yeah another verse just you just pointed mashallah and he designed you well yeah mashallah i mean when you look at the verse you know uh he can just say and he designed you but then it says he designed you and and he designed you well you know and then the other verse obviously that says you know he created you in the best design and the other one says he perfected your design you know mm-hmm. is the best mashallah so subhanallah um, So you know, in, in that sorry sorry go no, ahead No 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 Pamela go ahead you you were first before me in, in that way in that way although um although circumcision is uh in my in in my opinion uh come from pagan religion God did not have to say you know you you guys stop doing circumcision God did not put it for the human being to do it in the first place but with these verses it just tells you that this is this cannot be part of um the religion from god circumcision is, is not a right from god so we don't have to look for you know god's telling you oh circumcision is prohibited but it's just these verses confirm that those are not things that we should be doing Yeah and I was the other day I I brought this point that what other practice in the Quran is described where we find the detail in previous scripture there's a practice but we find the detail in Genesis 7 is there anything else we do that <laughs> that you know do we find 
for example, hypothetically, even though entire salat, um, the bowing, prostrating, the units, the timings, units are now we know that mathematically coded and of course universally accepted. The the units were intact, they added. It's like Quran, right? Quran was always intact. Quran did not get corrupt by itself. The adding two verses, you can add, add two verses on any printing, right? Or 10 or 4 would not change the Quran. Quran will still be intact. So the units, original units, you know, 2, 4, 4, 3, and 4 were always there. They would add more to it or before it. But the same thing, right? Um, people cannot say that the Salat is not described here. It's all there, you know. Uh, but let's say hypothetically. Oh, the detail isn't there, people think. Do we find the detail in Torah or some? where do we find it? Nowhere, right? Now, something which is not even mentioned in the Quran, and Salat is mentioned 78 times in the Quran. Something not even exists anywhere in the Quran, not even the slightest hint. And we say, we say, no, this covenant, which is a make-believe covenant of Abraham, they think while the covenant is in 2 124 and 125 clearly explained they say you find it in the 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 detail is in the bible did did quran tell us to find anything in the bible for explanation so so i wanted to yeah i mean there's a lot there's a lot to be said about this but um, I was just, uh, you know, uh, debating with somebody uh, about this the other day, and the, and they were saying, uh, yeah, but you know, if if this was this was there was something wrong with it, then the messenger of the covenant should have said something. If the people are already doing it, you know, and and actually my response was. Uh, that, you know, I mean, I was like, I told him, I was like, look at the criteria that the messenger of the covenant gave about, you know, how to filter what's in the Bible, you know, I mean, did he say that, uh, you know, uh, consider it authentic if, uh, you know, you see other people doing it and then you don't hear me say anything about it or the criteria is that, you know, don't do it if you don't find it in the Quran, you know, and if it's not in the Quran, we don't believe it. I mean, that was his criteria. So, you know, if people were to adhere to what the messenger said, we wouldn't be, uh, you know, at this point right now, you know, but the thing is, as we, as we read earlier, you know, people want to argue against uh, God's revelations and, uh, you know, they, they are uh, exposing the arrogance that is uh, hidden inside their chest. You know, we look at these people and, you know, they appear very saintly. But when you, uh, when it comes to these concepts, I mean, you know, um, then we realized about the arrogance that is hidden inside their chest. Obviously, a lot of people, you know, people would have no clue. Like they would think, well, this person is so righteous, you know, these or this, these people are so righteous. I mean, how can like, and then they would say like, how can bad things happen to them? They're so righteous. Well, I mean, yeah, they're righteous. They look righteous, but you don't know what's hidden inside their chest. And what's hidden inside their chest is uh, when it comes out, 
if it comes out as all of this stuff that where they they go against God's revelations and they argue against God's revelations and they uphold, you know, these other sources besides Quran, whether it's Hadith and Sunnah or, well, you know, stuff that got injected into uh, uh, the Bible and uh, I mean, and this, then subsequently in the Hadith books and stuff like that. I mean, all of this stuff. I mean, when you when you bring that up with them. You see their arrogance, you know, and their arrogance. How you see their arrogance? Because you hear them arguing against it, you know, arguing arguing on behalf of, you know, unquranic ideologies and unquranic laws, and you know, saying that the Quran is not, you know, complete and fully detailed. Although they say with their lip service, but they clearly provide evidence against themselves that they don't believe in it. So I mean, eventually, obviously, you know, what happens to those people? We know, fully know that when you don't believe in God's promise, first of all, it's a blasphemy to believe that the Quran is not complete. I mean, this, you say can say all you want with your lips, right? But if you don't truly believe that the Quran has all the practices, I mean, all the things that all the commandments we need to do, uh, then, you know, that's, it doesn't count, right? I mean, what you, what you say doesn't count. It's what you believe in your heart is what it counts, right? Lip service does not matter. So these people are blaspheming because when they say that the, the the practices don't have to be mentioned, first of all, it's a is is a lie because God says the Quran is complete, perfect, and fully detailed. And then they say that the reason, I mean, that's another lie. On top of that, is that the reason they are not mentioned is because they were not distorted and there was no dispute, which is another lie. On top of that, because we know there is a big dispute between the Christians. And the Jews on circumcision, uh, you know, most Christians don't do circumcision. They, in the Bible, even there's contradiction about circumcision. And then, well, yeah, they say it's Paul, whether Paul or not, it's still a dispute, right? And then when the Quran was revealed, if it's a dispute, then the Quran should, and if it's really something that's meant to be done, the Quran should clarify it, right? I mean, if the tone of the contact prayer is important, a dispute that God has to clarify, then God would clarify that part, right? That, you know, it, this has to be done. If it's really meant to be done, God must say it. And, and then the, and then another lie on top of that is, is that when the Quran was revealed, uh, you know, these people were doing it the right way, you know, which is also a lie because I mean, when the Quran was revealed, the Jews were also still doing it the wrong way, which we know like with their, with their mouths, they're doing it. And, uh, you know, so that, that's another distortion, right? And then we know, then another lie on top of that is that when the messenger was there, there was no dispute in, among Muslims. And that's another lie because there's a clear dispute between the Shias and the Sunnis. Obviously, the Shias believe it has to be done and the Sunnis believe it's optional. So that's another dispute. And then another dispute on top of that, which they say it's not a distortion. I mean, if it was really something that's meant to happen, you know, there is the female circumcision happening. Right, so if it's just males supposed to be circumcised and then the females are doing it, that's a clear distortion, right? He would say, I mean, ninety-one percent of the women in Egypt by the age of twenty-one or something, they're all circumcised. That's his home country, right? And so if he, he would definitely say that if it's a if it's a religious commandment, you know, obviously he was he would clarify that right then because it is a distortion based on their idea. He didn't clarify it because there was no distortion. And the Quran didn't clarify it because there was no distortion. The Quran didn't even mention it. Then there's, but there, but there's no distortion. Then they believe that 
some people believe it has to be done on the, I mean, in the Bible, clearly, they say they believe in the Bible, but they don't even believe in that because in the Bible, it clearly says it has to be done on the eighth day. And anyone who doesn't do it on the eighth day, they shall be ostracized. They shall be cut off from everybody, you know, literally what happened to me. You know, they have to be cut off from everything. So, so if they believe that, uh, then now, they, but on top of that, they believe, except for like one individual, all of these people are saying that it has to be, it doesn't have to be done on the eighth day, it can be done whenever, right? So let's say that's the rule. Well, where did that commandment get modified? You know, if it says on the eighth day, then it's supposed to be changed, you know, like having sexual intercourse on the nights of fasting was to be changed. God mentioned it in the Quran, right? That you don't have to do it. Uh, you can do it on the nights of fasting, but uh, there is no commandment. So, so how do these people even believe that if, if something has to be changed, it has to be mentioned in the Quran or if it's a dispute, then where did that commandment get changed? You know, and none of them will actually believe in it. But when you tell them that it's not a practice, it's an injection in the Bible, then they will blame you for not believing in the Bible, but they themselves do not even believe what they read in the Bible, which is that you have to be done on the eighth day, you know? So there's a lot of contradiction, you know? It's just like any other lie, you know, people make up when you really dig into the story, you know, their lives start to fall apart because they're not consistent, right? They don't add up at the end. So that's exactly how we see, you know, from any angle that you look at it, I mean, it's a total uh, fabrication, you know, that's very delicate. It's a very flimsy sort of a thing that they have, that Satan has, you know, created all these set of lies around, around, uh, around the people and there, these people are actually trapped. Yeah, mashallah, good point. You know how they say when you lie about something, then you have to make a thousand more lies to cover that mm -hmm. lie. So mm -hmm. you can just speak the truth and be get away with it, mashallah. Thank you. Yeah, mashallah. No, the believe in the scripture when the one we send down to you, you shall believe. Believing is not what like go and read it and believe every word of it. What God is saying in that verse is that you must believe that God had sent those scriptures, that they they were sent by God. But it, it doesn't mean that now, now Quran is superseding it. Mm. And due to fabrications. Exactly. To, why would God otherwise send another book? Exactly. Yeah, and exactly. You know, the messenger of the covenant, even if you read, even if you watch the video uh, in defense of the Bible, when he says that, 10% of it is nonsense. I mean, 10% is a big number, right? So, we you know, one of, one of those things is Jesus being God. You know, that's one thing. That's not a, that's not 10%, you know, that's just one part. I mean, there has to be a number of lies compared to the number of truths in there that makes up that 10%. You know, if you, if you put the verses together where it's, it says Jesus is God or son of God and look at the volume of the Bible, it's not even 1%. Right. Even if you t and if you take out, if you take all the verses that talk about circumcision, it's not even one percent. So there has to be a lot of stuff in there. I mean, when the Messenger of the Covenant made the video about the the in defense of the Bible, he says, "Believe me, for we don't have enough time to go through all of the, the all the distortions and all the nonsense that's in the Bible." You know, he says millions of people they they come to the Bible, they read all this nonsense, which includes circumcision, clearly. Many people 
which is why they turn away, they become atheists. If you look at the people who 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 are against circumcision, many of them you'll 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 see for sure they say they're atheists. You know, they're people from Jew Judaism, Christianity. They become atheists because they know that this God cannot, you know, you know, put such a thing together. But obviously, they don't know the truth. But, you know, they're like, no, we don't believe this. They, be, they disbelieve because of these things. He clearly mentioned that even, even you know, they keep, these people have no excuse because even in the, in the passage where they take from it, where they think that the messenger of the covenant is advocating it somehow, you know, he clearly mentioned in that, that, you know, it requires a, you know, a very careful study by scholars, you know, like he says, they they have come to this understanding that it's corrupted and he says you have to you have to clear i mean but he says the truth is still found within pages uh, in portions of it right but then but but then that's not what they're doing they're taking the entire chapter and and taking it all literally you know so where is where is the logic and sense in that i mean they clearly disobeying the messenger of God and then using the idea that, you know, uh, the messenger's duty was to filter it out and purge it away and consolidate. Yes, he did, you know, because he said, these are the practices you have to do. So, and forget everything else. If it's not in the Quran, forget about it, right? We don't believe it. So then how can these people blame it on the messenger to say, well, if the messenger was this, the messenger would have clarified or a messenger has to purge it. He did. He completed the message. He provided all the mathematical proofs, he summed it up, he listed all of the practice of Abraham one by one. So what else, you know, I mean, you, they want it on a silver platter, you know, but he did everything, you know, the message is out there. I mean, it's, it's the people's test now, you know, today it's circumcision, tomorrow it could be something else too, who knows, but thing is, he has given us all, everything we need to pass this test. I mean, it's out there, you know, so... Um, these people will obviously have no excuse. It's it's clear as day. I mean, subhanAllah. Uh, um, so the Bible, the base of the Bible, the core of the Bible is Jesus is God and Son of God. So the main core is Jesus is God and Son of God. The finer, the fine, the smaller verses. If that one you cannot believe, then why would you take the smaller verses? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I wanted to ask a question. Maybe Pamela, you could answer, right? I mean, uh, what is the uh, what is the story about? Uh, I should probably Google it too. But what is the story about uh, Ishmael's sacrifice? Uh, is it mentioned in the Bible? When he was about to sacrifice. Yeah, it, it's it in the Bible. It's not Ishmael. It's in the Bible. It's Isaac. As far as I can remember, it was not Ishmael. Ishmael is not put very well in the Bible because um, right, right. his mother is not going to be a legitimate wife. Mm -hmm. and so the Bible writers, people who've either deleted, have not put Ishmael in a very good light. Right. And again, that's yeah. another big one. That's another big mm -hmm. one. Right. Yeah. And then you cannot uh, you cannot swallow those big ones because they're not true. Then why do you mm -hmm. those things? Right. And you know, the messenger of the covenant said that you know you look at the Bible and you look at the 
Quran, you know, for example, he said, if the Bible says, uh, you know, Abraham was coward, you know, because I think it says something like that, right? But then the Quran says he wasn't, you know, then you, of course, know that this is wrong. Now, in the Bible, it says God gave Abraham circumcision, and it doesn't talk about any of the other practices, right? In the, in the Quran, God says he gave him the Salah, Zakat, Fasting, and Hajj, right? So, you know, there's, that's a contradiction, you know, because God would say in the Bible what was given to him. But you can see there, it's clearly not there, you know, so definitely something happened. So, you know, there's so many, so many aspects of it, obviously, you know. I mean, one could easily write a big book about it, I think, you know. Uh, there's so many, so many proofs about this, like, and none of them have been addressed. None of them. I mean, when you bring these proofs, you know, they go on to another lie, and then you address that, then they go on to the other lie. Then when you address that, then they go back to the first one, you know, <laughs> and they just keep hopping. You know, they never try to address any of these arguments. They don't, because they don't have an answer for it, you know. Like, if you ask them, why, did the, why didn't the messenger provide the mathematical proof from circumcision when he provided it for Salah, Zakat, fasting, and Hajj? Because his main job as a third messenger of Islam was to provide the mathematical proof of all the practices of submission, right? So why didn't he provide the proof for this part of the scripture, the practical scripture of Abraham, Right? His job, Rashad's job, as a third messenger of Islam, was to provide the mathematical proof of Islam, which includes the practical scripture and the written scripture, right? So written scripture, he provided the proof. The practical scripture, he also provided the proof for Salah, Zakat, fasting, and Hajj being all mathematically composed, right? Why didn't he do it for circumcision? Okay, he doesn't have to explain you, let's say, you know, if they believe that, for the sake of argument that, yeah, it was distorted and all that, and, and then say it was not distorted, and so he doesn't have to explain how to do it and all that. But why didn't he give the mathematical proof? He couldn't even do that. And then you're saying, oh, you think the messenger didn't complete his job? Well, you're the one who is saying that the messenger didn't complete his job by saying that he didn't provide the proof, and he forgot to even list it as a practice when you put them numbers one, two, three, four, and then they still say it's a practice of submission. I mean, this is just... It's just unbelievable. Um, actually, if someone read the Bible, I remember I, I didn't read the Bible recently. I read it in my 21, when I was 21, but I read it when I was younger too. And as a child, when I read the Bible, you know, you always start at Genesis. You're always reading Genesis, but not all the way to the back. But I remember reading that Abraham... La Abraham went to a town and he was afraid of the king and he lied that Sarah was his sister. Now, as a child, you're thinking, hmm, this person is supposed to represent God and he here he is lying. So my point going with this is if in the Bible it's telling you that, that Abraham is lying, then what kind of Abraham, the, the people who wrote the, the Bible, look at the Abraham they're trying to portray Whereas if you, when you read the Quran, the way God, we don't know Abraham, but the way God described to you Abraham, he was not an idol worshiper and God calls him kind and clement. Everything that's good, God talks about Abraham. But when you read the Bible, you do not get that picture of Abraham. So if you're going to read the Bible and you're says, oh, Abraham lied, but I'm not going to accept that as a submitter. I cannot accept that. 
then you have to ask yourself, are you going to accept the part that it says that Abraham was circumcised and was or, and or was ordered to circumcise everyone around him? Yeah, Marcia, that's a good point too. Yeah, also, I mean, about the thing about, you know, they say that the messenger didn't say, so it must be right. Well, the messenger, you can say the messenger didn't say that the female circumcision is wrong too. Even though 90%, over 90% of the women in Egypt are circumcised and they attribute it to Islam and they have hadiths about it, the messenger never said that female circumcision is wrong. Right? Never said it, ever. So does that mean you do the female circumcision too? They don't believe it. Yeah, because it's women's world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't do it themselves. They want to impose on us, man. <laughs> Yeah, you know what the Quran uh, gives us a clear criteria of the religious duties and the salat, the zakat, the fasting and other how we behave in the society and all those sort of things is clearly mentioned in the Quran, what food are forbidden and what not. And anything out of it, uh, we learned from Surah number, Surah number 6 that they used to mark animals and this, all those traditions were initiated in the previous and we are doing the same. We leave a mark on a human being that lives forever on, until they die. So, like, for example, the, the meats that are forbidden. And Messenger of Covenant very clearly explains the four meat that are forbidden. So, for food. So, I say, if you go in the market and if you see, is it pork? If the answer is no, then you go to the next question. Is it a is it dead animal or was it a human intervention was involved? So, it was not dead animal. So, okay, that's a check mark. Is it a blood? No. Okay, check mark. Is this meat dedicated to other than God? I mean, was it mentioned any other person or... If it's no, then it's, it's easy to eat. It's, it's okay to eat. So similarly, when you see, okay, if there's a tradition and you say, okay, you do the same test. You say, is it mentioned in the Quran? You say no. Okay, where did you get this? It's out of Quran. Okay. And then you ask these series of two, three questions. And if it's not in the Quran, if God did not forbid it and God, uh, you know, then, then you're doing it out of somewhere else. So that becomes idol worship in the same sense as we, we check off the meat line. Thank you. Yep. I mean, the sad part is that mentioning the comment many, many, many times he says, we only follow Quran. If it's not in the Quran, we throw it out. If you don't have mm -hmm. the Quran, have they missed that part of the videos or the audios or his notes? Or no, they, no, all of them. But they, they just willfully, you know, uh, choose not to hear I, I think it's because they're divinely prevented <laughs> i mean i believe you know they're divinely prevented from yeah. from registering from these things registering in their brains yeah it's 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 in the quran if you don't believe in quran alone uh for your um, guidance then you're permanently deprived to understand mm -hmm. fully. yeah exactly i mean the thing is that, you know, uh, like the recent debates, when I say recent, I mean like the past, you know, a year and a half of debating, you know, I mean, the thing is nothing, they haven't moved, they haven't made any progress from that point to now, you know, the same arguments they were making a year and a half ago, after all this time, they're making those exact same arguments. So nothing, uh, there's been like literally zero progress.
Yeah. In their understanding. Confused. Mm-hmm. Confused. Yeah. Who, who wants yeah. to live in Quran alone and mm-hmm. say, no, what about Rabbi Judah? <laughs> what about Lisa Spray's book? <laughs> what about computers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lisa Spray's book that they're arguing about too, you know, in Lisa Spray's book, if you see, it says, when she talks about circumcision, even even though Lisa was not very clear on it herself, you know, when, when, it, when it talks about the book, and the book, it says, clearly says, uh, the they were practicing the rab- rabbinical uh, traditions of their forefathers, such as circumcision. So it's not doesn't say practice Abraham it says, uh, you know, rabbinical traditions of their forefathers, such as circumcision. So it's clearly being said it's a r- rabbinical tradition, right? So we know we have to examine all traditions if if that's the case. Yes. Right. So even if you go by that, it doesn't make sense. Exactly, but isn't it, if Dr. Khalifa, computer speak is obsolete after? No, no, this was from, uh, from uh, this is from Lisa Spray's book. Yeah, no, but I'm talking about... In, in, yeah, yeah, in, yeah, so the important, so first of all, it wasn't in computer speaks. It was the gold, the first Quran that he published, it was the appendix 19 of that old Quran. The first Quran, which he said, clearly said, this book is obsolete, first of all, right? And if you open this book, in this book, you know, like, for example, you'll see, uh, you know, um, him praising Muhammad. Like, peace be upon him and stuff like that. You know, it was the first Quran he ever translated that before he announced his messenger. He wasn't even aware he was a messenger. Yeah, exactly. That was a human Rashad doing a translation. Yeah, exactly. But even in that, even in that translation, like, you know, if you read his explanations, like, he's clearly not advocating circumcision at all. When he's reading those passages, he's only trying to filter out the correct information and he's leaving out the nonsense. But in the end notes, like at the end of that appendix, there's like these tiny footnotes about references to what verses he looked at that proved that Abraham, uh, Ishmael was Abraham's son. Just one of them happened to be the one about circumcision, right? And they used that point it's a end note. It's like a small fine print end note, you know, like it's not even to be mentioned. And they read the whole whole passage where he actually explains it, where he's actually using it. He's he's driving the point after saying that it's all corrupted and it has to be clearly. He's driving the point. He's driving is that you know he did the sacrifice. You know, God uh, accepted his submission. He rewarded him, made a covenant with him that there are going to be prophets and messengers to continue for his entire generation till the end of time. And he was proving that this has come true and proving it by using the lineage of Ishmael to prove that, you know, it came to Muhammad and then, you know, uh, uh, onwards, you know, I, I mean, came to Muhammad. That's where he, his information was all about Muhammad at the time. Right. So he just proved it up until Muhammad that everything one was a progeny was from Abraham. Abraham's progeny, including Muhammad. So to to make that connection to Muhammad, he had to. He had to prove about Ishmael, right? Because Ishmael's, Muhammad came from Ishmael's lineage. So, you know, he said, okay, look, the Bible still has the truth in portions of it. And that was one of it, right? But he never said anything about circumcision being the thing. But they, you know, attributing it to, I mean, Rashad, uh, in that sense, I mean, it's it's a real big crime, you know, to attribute something to God and his messenger, you know, attributing a lie to God. It's a huge crime. So, and it's idol worship, of course, you know, so, I mean, people, 
I, I get really surprised when people say, oh, you know, it's just a thing. Quran doesn't mention it, so it doesn't matter you do it or not do it. You know, they're looking at it from a very, very extremely shallow perspective, you know, and, it's, it, yeah. and it shows that they have no knowledge about the scripture or the severity of uh, this innovation yeah. or any, any lightning attributed to God. I mean, it's from any angle, it's horrible. It's ambiguous at, at so many levels. Yeah, they're finding, they just, ego is telling them, like, we have done it now, we can't go back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I, I saw that, and many people don't know that, but I, I saw that 10 years ago. I mean, a lot of these people have been saying that this was just being talked about, like, last year, but it wasn't. This has been going on for many years, of course. I mean, the article appeared in Masjid Tucson in 2000 and, what is it, 2001, right? Yeah, 2001. Yeah, almost 9, 10 years. Yeah, and so so from that time, obviously, Masjid Tucson was promoting it. So then coming to, uh, no, not 9, 10 years. That's a lot. It's 2020 right now. That was 19 years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, of course, in San Jose, it was 2010 when, when they all came down on me. That was in 2010 when, when the debate mean, was um, happening with me. Other, um, okay, I hear you. Yeah. But that, that's when the San, in San Jose, there was a, obviously, you know, there was a, it was a big thing. Of course, we you know, went through all the, the verses and everything uh, against circumcision and they, they were, you know, trying to prove it through everything. So it was, it's not something that they just pondered upon now that, you know, we need to give them time or anything like that. I mean, this has been their understanding from day one. So, that's it. Right. Yeah, it is hard to let go what you've been practicing. I mean, this comes down to ego. You let go a lot of other things. I mean, I, I can speak for myself. And when I heard from you guys, I mean, even though I was accepting it, at the same time, I'm like thinking, can I actually do it? I mean, this is a big step. Like, for example, if I get a son, would I be able to, can I stop it? I mean, that's a huge decision. Or I can preach to my kids to not to do it. So it's a lot of, you know, faith involved in this part. So that's why it is hard for them to let it go. And they try to defend it, I think. Yeah, I think it's just like, uh, you know, when the rush, when the Master of the Covenant, when he came with the mathematical proof, I mean, people... Uh, really cheered it and really hailed it and promoted it and everything, right? Then when it came to the, 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 the real issues, you know, the belief issues about the Quran being the only source of guidance and stuff, that's when, you know, the, everything went, uh, you know, uh, south is when they, when, you know, because they, and then they decided to throw everything away and hide all this information because it exposed you know, all their fallacies, you know, that they had been promoting all these fake ideologies, you know, that they had been promoting and exposed them, basically, right? So that they had been feeding garbage to people for <laughs> so many centuries. Uh, and it's the same, it's the same thing, right? Same phenomenon, like, if they have to accept that, then they have to also accept that they had been misleading people, including Tucson and San Jose and all these communities 
So they have been misleading all these people for so long, trying, telling them this is a part of submission. And they have mutilated their children now, which is then they can't go back. So how will they, you know, face it? Uh, I mean, it's a huge thing. Like if you think about it, right, they put themselves on such a high pedestal now that, you know, people, they don't want to lose that authority, you know. No, they are not going to come and say, I've never seen any of them in that sense to come and say, especially Tucson, come and say, you know, we made a mistake that we believe this. You know, they put something out there and then they stick to it, you know. Now it's the ego. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think I was talking to one of us submitter and uh, talking about insurance. And they, I said, he said, did the messenger of the covenant mention it? I say, yes, he did. He said, in the, in the video or audio? I said, uh, in the audio. I said, no, it has to be a video. I said, so this is the criteria, new criteria that I'm learning. The video is accepted and not the audio. And they also not pay attention. They don't also pay attention to the footnotes, where the footnote is clearly explaining the verses. Uh, you know, it's not addition to the Quran. It's just basically explaining the verses that we're reading. Uh, through God, I mean, through Messenger, but from God. But it's funny that they don't accept the audios. Well, what about the audios? He said that it's in the audio or the video. I said uh, it's in the audio tape in the Quran study. He said, well, it's in the audio. You know, we need to I mean, like they don't accept the audios. What's in the audio? Yeah, they don't accept what is in the audio. No, but what was it about? But what was it yeah, about? Insurance. Insurance. Oh, insurance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he actually mentioned that we need to put trust in God and, you know, mm -hmm. not to have insurance. So uh, yeah. his objection was based on it's an audio, not, not really. Yeah. I mean, one should ask them, you know, like, where do you see that distinction about media in the Quran that if the messenger is talking in an audio, you don't listen to him. If it's a video, you listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> they, sometimes they define, like, you know, uh, audio can be changed, manipulated. Well, what about What about text? Anybody yeah. can change text. True, true, true. You know, even video, even video. Yeah, even video. You know, you can put a dog's face and make him talk. Oh yeah, nowadays. This <laughs> doesn't mean anything. So, mashallah, God like brought him in the stage when these were not popular. That the uh, auditing, I mean, editing and stuff. So those things were saved and preserved before mm -hmm. this all technology took off. You know. Yeah, I mean, people who were present around the time of Rashad know that happened, you know. There were people that he was talking to them about insurance. Those people are still alive, by the way, you know. So it's not something that's made up. I mean, even those people are alive that he was there preaching to them and they still have insurance, yeah. right? So those people, are, and they still advocate it. So it's not something they, they, they're just, you know, these are just excuses they make, right? I mean, just imagine... Uh, God is saying that, you know, implore me. So if you're really believing and obeying God, do you think when you implore God that if you get sick, suppose something, God will not heal you, that you need insurance to go heal yourself? It's weird. I mean, first of all, you will not even be afflicted with something serious. Uh, other than some minor issues that, you know, of course, we, you know, we commit sin routinely. So small pinches is, is different, but then getting hit with something major, terminal disease, would, would not even happen, mashallah.
I just want to make my last point on the um, circumcision because I know it's on this topic a long time. Um, it boils down to um, um, if, if the Bible, and we know that the Bible uh, has 10% corruption, and we know over and over again that God says conjecture is no substitute for the truth. So why are we looking at scripture where there's mm-hmm. when God tells us specifically conjecture is no substitute for the truth? Mm-hmm. And and this one verse in makes sense to me. Um, it says in, in um, 53, 53.23, and the key word was hearing. It says, there are but names of you and your forefathers. God never authorized to to me. They follow conjecture and personal desire. When the truth, when the true guidance has come to them hearing from their Lord. So true guidance, true guidance has come to us from Quran, but people are still wanting to follow conjecture and personal desire. And with this whole issue, I think a lot of people, you know, maybe they're starting to think, God willing, you know, ego doesn't get in the way for them to um, acknowledge that, yes, you know, things are starting to make sense. And because if ego get in a person's way, really, they're putting their whole life on the line, their whole salvation on the line. So I always say, you know, God willing, as the debate is going on, God willing that People who are starting to see, just for the sake of staying in the community, they do not let ego get in their way and say, and hold on to what you know the community is telling them to believe. Right. I mean, the thing is that if they don't believe what the community is saying, they will be ostracized from the community, right? So, but the thing is that shouldn't stop them from believing in the truth. Because on the day of judgment, you know, if you if the community is going to hell, you know, I mean, they're not going to be saved because they went along with the community. I mean, these first of all, all, all these people will disown one another on the day of judgment. You know, they'll be cursing one another and blaming one another, saying you misguided me and this and that, and you're the one who did this and stuff. And there'll be, and you know, permanent chaos. Uh, you know, so they, that's not, you know, so they should, but, you know, they have to answer individually for their own, you know, things. So they have to watch out for themselves, watch out for their own necks. You know, if other people are going to hell, you know, like don't get swept in the crowd, you know, and uh, just watch out for your soul. If you truly believe in the hereafter, I mean, you will do the right thing, you know. I mean, God will take care of everything else. I mean, the thing is, like, um, Really, I mean, I mean, if the community is telling you to disbelieve, you know, I mean, if you do that, you're only going to hurt yourself. Yeah, mashallah. Yeah, God has given you brain, eyes, and ears, and any information you get, you need to verify for yourself. So if this circumcision, we need to go and verify, and how are you going to verify it? That's the question, you know, just like Hadith and Sunnah and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, simply just, we have all the information on I mean, SubhanAllah. We, we have 
everything. I mean, why do they even need to go back to the Bible to find out the practices, right? I mean, we have God has given them scripture. The messenger has listed everything they need to do. Explain them, like, really simply. And we just have to hear and obey, like, you know. The other thing is that God has described every prohibition. Uh, for example, intoxicants, why you don't use it? You know, gambling, it creates animosity, you know, and, uh, the, the devilish influence and this and that, uh, abomination calling it, right? So at one point, God says, um, there are three verses here. One talks about perfecting the design of human, um, and then one is design you well, uh, and the other one is uh, he designed you and designed you well twice as many times he says and then he designed you and perfected your design then God says you, you do that even the, the, the meat of pig you, the prohibition is due to that it is contaminated right God says it's contaminated, but God does not leave anything to like you figure it out why I'm telling you not to do this. So something which involves blood, a risk of life, you know, infections, even a possible death, and God will not tell the reason why. Why you do it? Like, I'm here I am saying, I'm contradicting Anausbilla. God will like, like, I did design you perfectly well, but I made a little, I left something for you to make it perfect. Like, it's, it's just so out of common sense. of, of Like, a, a very, very, you know, something completely is blocked, can think like that. That God would leave it, not mention it in the ground, mm -hmm. and have no rational. Even in Genesis 17, is no rational. Mm -hmm. You know, let's say, let's say we, we hypothetically, God forbid, we go to that conjecture. But it should have a rationale. Like, why mm -hmm. all these adult people, you 99 years old, Abraham, should cut that? What kind of covenant is this? What is, mm -hmm. what kind of promise is in that? Right. Yeah, it, it, does God need human sacrifice? Is that what it is? The mark of the covenant? That God likes uh, bloodshed and he wants to put hardship on people? Why does God say, I put my hardship in practicing your religion? Right there, a 99-year-old person who just performing a surgery on himself. It's yeah, I mean, God says he has placed no hardship. He's chosen Abraham, you know, chosen submission. He has placed no hardship practicing a religion. And yet, you know, <laughs> at the age of 99, he has to do a surgery on himself with blood and has no anesthetic <laughs> And not only to himself, yeah. to other people too, you know. It's against so breaks... <laughs> So many commandments, it doesn't make sense from any angle. No. Yeah. And same, like, ironically, the, it's the Abraham thing, which God is talking about human sacrifice, like, well, God will never ask a human being to sacrifice, you know, mm -hmm. another human being. And here is a sort of a sacrification, you know, like mm -hmm. a shedding blood um, of yourself. Uh, it's uh, it's like very paganistic something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think like you know the whole story 
there it makes makes sense it's i believe it's it's the uh, in the real bible you know that whole thing it talks about probably also that past area also talks about you know the sacrifice that abraham had to do with uh, you know, believing the dream and it was replaced and they took that out and they replaced it with this garbage. You know, about yep. this circumcision. Because that's what his covenant was about, right? The covenant was about that, you know, he passed his test. Yeah. You know, because then it says you passed the test, you know, right. this is what... Otherwise yeah. then they would have to talk about Salat, Zakat and all that and other mm -hmm. messengers. It's just it's something this... This thing came somehow. I feel like maybe even after. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know when when it could have gotten in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, God says you know they followed their lusts and they lost the contact prayers and you know all these practices. I mean, obviously they have to be in their scripture as well because. They're following it from the time of Abraham. They's, Jesus was doing his contact prayers. You know, all these people were doing it. So it had to have been in, in the Bible too. Yeah. And I they removed it. Because yeah. actually, Jews never practiced real religion ever. You know, they, as we see, like when uh, Judaism was, like the, the, the what the, the main messenger of Judaism, I know many messengers came, but when when Moses left, the last one was Moses, right? I don't know. Uh, that um, who was uh, with children of Israel. And even that time, they were absolutely like no, no submitter left them. Even those two messengers were among them. They walked away, Aaron and Moses. You know, so mm. when was the time when they came to the perfect Judaism? You know, like so it was all based on fabrication and some traditions. Mm -hmm. And then Christianity comes, and that, and in the Bible, there's nothing about the New Testament has nothing about the 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 um, circumcision. And then they say, oh, how come in 5,000 years, no messenger and no prophet came and uh, prohibited it? Like, if something was all along, if I be kidding, who knows, maybe this was entered yeah. Bible or mm -hmm. Old Testament after Quran came. We don't even yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, the messenger of the covenant clearly clarify, you know, Hadith and Sunnah are satanic prohibitions, satanic innovations that are prohibited. You know, if it's in the Quran, you follow it. So that's a prohibition to me not to follow any practices outside of what is mentioned in the Quran. So the prohibition right there. Yeah. You know, he says clearly if, the, if something practices not specifically mentioned in the Quran is constitutes a religion other than submission, right? So that's prohibited to, to do anything that's not specifically mentioned in the Quran. Mm -hmm. so I guess, even clearly, traditional Muslims say sunnah. Sunnah of Abraham. We mm -hmm. call it Sunnah. Just like they think calling Sunnah of Abraham yeah. is the Eid, uh, yeah. uh, Eid al-Dha, where they must be doing sacrificing and this and that. Mm -hmm. So should he name each and every Sunnah? 
Yeah, exactly. He said Hadith and Sunnah are satanic innovations. Yeah. So then why does he need to mention each and every Sunnah? Right? Human being is the most argumentative creature. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, literally, that's the name that they use in the subcontinent, right? Sunnah. Sunnah. When we're doing your Sunnah. <laughs> no, the name of the ritual is Sunnah. Sunte. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How obvious can this be? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even those know that it has nothing to do with Quran. We just follow yeah. Sunnah. Maybe I'm exactly. Yeah, I mean, I had a friend in Pakistan, you know, he barely goes to the mo mosque. And I told him that, you know, a little bit about this thing, and he was laughing. He's like, really, that's what they're saying? <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, the topic is so black and white. There is no green area. So I'm not sure mm -hmm. finding this topic to understand. Right, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, with non-submitters, they have far more bigger things to worry about than Christianity. Mm -hmm. I mean, idol worship alone is a big, big problem. If you make a chart or a pie, uh, this circumcision will be just a line in that pie. Um, well, yeah, but circumcision is also idol worship. Yeah, yeah, it is. But they, they are doing major idol worshippers. Uh, that has to be addressed. But when you come to the submitters, I mean, you come so close. You have accepted, you accept the worship God alone and everything. And when you come to the final point, that's where you fail. I mean, you come mm -hmm. so close, but, but then you drop out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and exactly. With Mysteries of the Covenant, too. But many, mm -hmm. many people, they, at the end, they drop out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, so I mean, this is all, you know, in accordance with God's will because. You know, this, you know, these, all these fancy words, you know, I mean, the, the covenant, quote unquote, of circumcision is one of those things that's, you know, fancy words to expose people who don't truly believe in the hereafter, you know, they fall for these things. You know, it's a trap for them. So, and that's why it's there. That's why God allowed it to slip in. That's why God allowed it to stay sort of a little bit vague for these people who are calling themselves images. Obviously, they have to be weeded out too. Right. Yeah, mashallah. The moment you seek anything else as a religious source outside the Quran, I mean, you're you're done. You know, so yeah. simple. Well, God says over and over, we did not leave anything outside. Mm -hmm. Anything. So. Lots of God, hard fasting, everything is mentioned. Why is this not mentioned? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just here a bunch of, just be prepared to hear a bunch of lies <laughs> when you ask that question. 2.5% is not mentioned, but mm -hmm. Zakat is mentioned 30 something times. Okay. Salat is mentioned 78 times. Hajj, fasting, the whole detail. No. Stuck for the lights. Really blasphemous, man. Mm -hmm. I think it is. Yeah. God forgive us. No, the recently the 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 issue they they did nitpicking uh, mm -hmm. that so the God system is that perfect uh, you know you will never have a, a mm -hmm. damage mm -hmm. during your admission test right mm -hmm. and and this and that so but if you call it a damage that this is a what like that it has a some kind of a damage happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
then all the submitters no, nobody they think it's a little bit damage you don't make it to have <laughs> right yeah yeah sure i'm glad you brought it up because yeah i mean there's i want to finish yeah. my thoughts right, yeah go ahead mm-hmm, sure my answer to that was that uh, messenger of the covenant said that if you they, first of all there is a verse in quran that the people remove their families from god's protection when they mm-hmm, exactly First yes all, it's their fault mm-hmm. they left a mark on the yeah. world when they yeah. not mm-hmm. on alone right yeah. did not mm-hmm. god alone they removed their family so it, mm-hmm. and even those let's say those kids who died because of this they went to heaven but the family mm-hmm. was, right mm-hmm. so the message yeah. of the covenant said when you're exposed um in like we go in and out of god's kingdom but if you are for a longer time period of time uh, in in satan's kingdom you do pay a price you will pay a price but god forbid this this amputation is not as bad or big as mm-hmm. like losing a limb an arm or a hand mm-hmm. you do pay a price the parents do pay a price so that mm-hmm. was my point yeah yeah masha yeah that's a, that's a bad point because yeah they're i mean they're really using it uh they're they're really trying to um twist the whole concept that yeah. the master has explained you know i mean it's for you that if you're a submitter you're practicing the things uh you say you're a submitter you're going to go through admission test while you're going through your admission test you're not going to receive any permanent damage but obviously when you're a baby you're not going through admission test you don't even know what submission is right so that's not an admission test but you know you, god says clearly in the quran that you know people when they disbelieve they remove their families from god's protection you know and it says the idol worshipers inflict great pain upon themselves to the extent of killing their own children that's a verse in the quran right so it happens literally people do it and some of the children even end up dying because of it but other children end up having many complications and other ch- children that are that are that are more uh, that are not as unfortunate as the other kids i mean they just end up um you know being like permanently impaired you know from from being able to you know have the full benefit of of you know intact organs but you know, but the fact is that obviously it has nothing to do with the with you as an individual if you're a baby and it happened to you you know it doesn't have say anything about you as a submitter because you know but it's not like it's not like you losing your arm or something you know because then you wouldn't be able to live a perfectly happy life but somebody who's circumcised you know can live a perfectly happy life i mean of course you're not going to have uh you know the same kind of sensations as a, a person who is intact but you it's not going to affect your quality of life to the point that you can't be happy in life you know i mean mm-hmm. exactly no so no convert can enter you know like a how many converts come mm-hmm. who are already circumcised the doors Mm-hmm. like you can't it's this is not that kind of damage but it's, yeah exactly it's some it's mm-hmm. it's a price that you paid or your parents paid. Mm-hmm. yeah they, they yeah name your parents for that yeah and i mean you know they're even it's very hypocritical what they're saying because because they they even say the same people will tell you that for example if you lose your gallbladder or something like that then they 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 know they know that it's fine because you still can lead a happy life you know it's not like losing a finger or something they know that i've heard it from them 
they, they admit that, you know, if something like that you go through, I mean, that's a consequence, they believe, of some sort, but they don't, but they, but you can still lead a happy life, you know, uh, it's not like losing a limb or whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah, the consequence, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just, say, their ego is preventing them to understand mm -hmm. this. Yeah. Oh, then I am not, well, because if I have, I'm circumcised, so then me, that means, um... I this mm -hmm. is like God, yeah, it's just exactly, anyway. yeah, mashallah. Okay, I, I if I would like I to, you know, yeah, so uh, I guess we could probably end here, God willing, and our next teacher is, I guess, m m me, yes, yeah, sorry, yes. no, 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 you, you. yeah, I am, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, all right, inshallah. That's yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's me. Yeah, okay. Inshallah. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so God willing, we'll, our next study is going to be on Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Thank you all for joining. God willing. We'll see you then. Asalaamu Alaikum. Thank you. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Ali. Muhammad Tipu. Don't confuse me. <laughs> 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 <laughs>